Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 88 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast with too much talking and pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Andert and I'm joined this week by a man who is undertaking a root and branch examination and investigation to try and match up the uh, colours of the plumage of uh, peacocks with the Dulux colour walls out at Bunnings. All while trying to eat a sausage and not trying to get sauce down his shirt. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Good, mate. I'm good, Robbie. How are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm pleased you've uh, you've left your name badge on today. Oh, thank you. It. I did too. Yeah, thank that's you. Right. Oh, you're welcome. Just, yes. just in case you're wondering who I am and where I'm from. Yes, Lewis. actually, reminds me, I did have a consult this week. A lady came in. Yeah, classic. Came in. A dog was going overseas, and she brought in for her um, her brother, I think, for, yeah. for an export. Uh, I think to have a rabies vaccination export check, and she had the the sticker of the name tag Emma. Right. Shout out to Emma if you're listening. She Hi, might, Emma. Might be listener. Yeah. And uh, and uh, she had the sticker name tag on. I've gone. That's really sweet of you to, to put a name tag on because often as a vet, I remember the animal's name, but yep. I don't remember the owner's name. So thank you for doing that. And she looked at me, she goes, what? And then she looked down and went, oh, oh. I've got an explanation. I've gone, no, nah, nah, no, I no, don't no. want an explanation. Let's, let, let's just leave it like yeah. this. It's more magical this way. It's good. Just knowing you wore it, just so I remember your name. It's great. It's lovely. <laughs> so thanks. Thanks, Roddy. Yeah. Ro- Robert? Ro- Roddy. Roddy. Yeah, Ro- Roddy. Roddy Anderson. Roddy Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Just uh, pull your shirt down. I can't see that there's a crease in it. Roddy. Wait, wait, you want to pull me, pull, want me to pull the shirt right down, <laughs> do you? Oh, gee, on, where's that? We had a sound effect for that. Oh, one. I'm sure we you do. We were working on earlier, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 my uh my, my big zipper that I've got up my <laughs> denim t-shirt there. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Better than the just, press just studs. A little, little little patch patch of hair coming out over the over the front of my shirt. The press studs. Do you ever have the shirt with the press studs? Uh, yeah, when I was six. Yeah, no. yeah, and I couldn't couldn't do my buttons up. A friend of the podcast, Staz. Staz. Staz wore one out one night. Oh, like, really? Like you know, like eighteen, twenty years old, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And press stud shirt. Do you nice. reckon that shirt stayed done up at all the uh, whole night? Group not, of mates. Not Staz. No, 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 not not for Staz. Oh, especially I oh, was at the mate trip. Yeah, mate's off? just going rip. Just, oh, you wow. just could grab the bottom corner. Just, just, just pull it straight and then, off. <laughs> and he's just standing there, just with his yo, know, well, well, well chiselled chest there. Yeah, that's right. Well plumed. Well plumed. Speaking oh, was of he? speaking of the uh, the peacock plumage. Yeah, yeah. We won't go into it, but well plumed. <laughs> He probably doesn't want us to. No. I wonder if he's listening. Hey, hey Staz. Hi, Staz. There you go. Yeah, yeah, good. Have to get you on. All uh, right. What's been happening, mate? Uh, well, uh, the bushfires have still been uh, they've hit, hit uh, Victoria now, haven't they? Yeah, it's terrible, we're mate. talking They're, about last week. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. So last week we were talking about, you know, the, um, uh, wires and, and their support. And I don't know about you, mate, but uh, I've had a lot on my social media and um, a lot of the clinicists, a lot of people seem to be rallying around collecting stuff to send to the bushfires. Right. You know? We've got uh, people down the road, uh, another vet clinic down the road, the nurses have started, they want a collection of um, you know, out-of-date medications or leftover bandages or things like that Yeah, that we had. And, and on Facebook, it seems like every second person's got, you know, some charity or something to to, to, um, to support. And it must be, uh, I don't know, it must be an inundation of stuff going up, particularly yeah. the New South Wales stuff. Is that happening in your clinic? You got a lot of that stuff or not really? Not at all. No. Not I, at all. Sorry. <laughs> Must be the philanthropic uh, Port Melbourne arts, uh, or maybe the uh, the the yeah a, a certain uh, 
you know, type of uh, uh, inner inner city uh, person there, Lewis, that wants to try and feel like they're giving back rather than us, uh, you know, so- salt of the earth suburbanites out at uh, out in Mount Waverley. Well, mate. haven't you got an article on salt of the earth inner suburbanites there, mate? Well, that- c- certainly do coming up once yeah. we hit the news section, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, but no, no, we haven't had anything. So I mean, we had, you know, it's because it was hot. We had um, a couple of birds come in, a possum come in on Thursday when the weather was hot. But otherwise, no, we haven't really had anyone trying to, you know, mate. I mean, we're, not that we're against it, but yeah. just no one's trying to get into contact. Well, yeah, just reason, it. I just I just don't know how it all gets coordinated. So you know, on the yeah. you know, on, on the Facebook and Instagram, there's been just lots of different people doing their little bit. Mm. But I'm just not sure if I was in a bushfire zone with a vet clinic. Yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily want off cuffs of bandages and stuff coming in unless yeah. I really had specifically asked for it. So I guess, you know, uh, the big thing is, is money, obviously, thereafter. Wise, it seems a big one that's up there and that's the one we've mentioned before. Yeah, yeah. But just be careful you're not getting done by some unscrupulous... Yes, chuggers. Well, that's what happened with um with Narwhal. We were talking about last week. Yes. There were people that set up dodgy uh, uh dodgy sites, try GoFundMe campaigns and things like that. Yes, and I think um there's probably something in that that the places that you know, I guess if you're wanting to try and gather things or do things, find out what the people that are actually up there what they want, because then yeah. that way there's no point in you spinning your wheels trying to feel like you're doing something and then it actually being useless and people well not useless but that it's not actually something that are going to help out the people that are trying to uh, trying to do the stuff yeah so, and I think there was a mention of you know Silverzine cream is a common burn cream we use yeah, yeah and that a lot of it been bought up. Um, uh, the last fires in Melbourne, and then once the fires have been and everything, and then people were going to uh, people's sheds, and they had stockpiles of the silver scene on the shelves, you know, that had oh, been yeah. that they'd bought or been given to them or donated, and it was just like going to no use. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so just be really careful. I think money's a big, a big thing that seems to be what. What uh, a lot of charities are after, which is fair enough, understandable. Oh, because then that means they can buy what it is that they exactly what like they need. specifically what they need. Yeah, yeah spot on. Yeah. Yeah. R- rather than getting a whole lot of, as you say, you know, twenty six, you know, different boxes of bandages and go, well, gee whiz, that's great, but we actually need yeah. this other thing. And, so. and none of them are big enough to wrap around a koala's foot. So <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not ideal. You just is it? D- you just fill the box up with all the silver zine that was there from four years ago, and you just dunk the koala in it. Just <laughs> sort of Achilles heel style. Just hold on to his heel and just dunk him into just the into the silver zine. Lower him slowly in. So yeah, like uh, like t- uh, Terminator Two at the end, where where the T the T eight hundred goes down and then puts a little thumb, you know, the little thumb. Up. Did you ever watch that? that yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not too scary. Oh, that's not too scary yeah, for no, you. No, yeah. I'm right with that one. Yeah, you tried fooling me during the week, saying that you're watching it too and i got absolute crap <laughs> um uh, so and, and we're talking about the hot weather too i and when we had our uh our heat stroke talk the other day yes um must have had one of our listeners that didn't actually uh listen to the podcast because we actually had a heat stroke on wednesday night so Ooh. yeah yeah they um they took her out running around at the park and she actually they, they, this was interesting because they had two dogs both um both golden retrievers um but the one um that was a bit younger and is a bit more um you know, she, she's a bit more of a goer. Like she's always, always going, always on, always that little, just that little bit more on edge, that little bit more anxious. Um, and she was the one that ended up getting, uh, getting heat stroke. Right. And they said they didn't actually throw the ball to her too much, but it was just so hot. She's so hairy that she ended up, uh, ended up overheating. Right. So, well, it was forty. De- it was forty degrees that the day. The thirty yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Celsius yeah. for our overseas listeners. Yeah, yeah. You can do the do, do the maths yeah. of multiplying it by five nights, and then adding thirty two or taking away thirty two, <laughs> whichever whatever it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're the mathematician, mate. That's oh, great. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember the the numbers, but not actually where the numbers go. How to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's like I just chuck it in there somewhere. Yeah. Um. So yes, this poor little dog came out at like seven twenty nine. So they rang up just as just as we we're about to close up, and we were there until about nine o'clock at night trying to get her uh, get her stabilised and got her stable. Um. And I'm just going to leave a pause in this just so you can cut it out just in case you want to. So then we rung up the um, – so I wanted it to have uh, IV fluids and be monitored just to check and make sure that it was going to go okay for the night because we were about to leave. And so I rang up uh, one of the local um, emergency clinics – I'm not going to mention which one – and said, oh, look, what's the what's the cost going to be for us to uh, for you guys just to keep an eye on this dog? We've stabilised or everything's going along okay. And they've gone, oh, well, look, we're, we're going to have to run all these tests and we're going to have to do all this stuff. So you're going to be looking at a minimum of 1800 to $2,200. Wow! Yeah, um, that's and, incredible. And so then I turn and go, "Hang on, hang on, hang on. Maybe Miss the dog's stable yeah. now. I just need you to keep her on a drip, keep an eye on her blood pressure. And I guess if you want to do the blood test and stuff, sure. But you're telling me that that's going to be eighteen hundred to two thousand two hundred dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll be the minimum of what I'll be telling them. Oh, what I'll be calling right. about. So that's I, incredible. I, so I said, right, we'll stick it up your bum. We'll uh, we'll try and ring somewhere else. Yeah, you know. Um, and well, so as it was, yeah. You know, I mean, so this is a couple who, you know, they're they're about to have a baby, and so you know, funds are not are not flush. I did, you know, I have mentioned uh, your book to uh, them in the past, so you know, you can you can. You can take a breath now. Is you know? that why funds funds aren't flush? Because yeah. I've already bought a copy of my they book. They bought thirty copies yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, Thanks. So, so yes, yeah, so I, ju- I, I, I just got my goodness. Like, what a um, I, 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 I get it. I get it that you know you're going to the emergency center and that you're, they're going to do you know all, all the right stuff. But flipping heck, you know, like what is yeah? You know, it, it just. It, how many times must owners get turned away from going to the emergency centres if suddenly they're getting priced out like that? You yeah. know, I just oh, thought yeah. it thought it was yeah, yeah, just abominable. That's, so that's, that's that's a lot of money. I mean, the ones the centres in your us have an overnight monitoring service where they'll take the dog um, for just a nominal well nominal fee, a couple of hundred dollars, monitor overnight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know then they'll contact the owner if something happens and then move, move on to it. But basically, yeah. sort of it's a little like a, a babysitting, babysitting service. Yeah, the babysitting. That's really service. good. Well, that's what it needed by Santa. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So 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 when I went out and told to the owners that look, I uh, told these guys to stick it up their bum because uh, you know I said that is an absolute crock. Um, they said, oh, thank you very much. Anyway, oh, so um, yeah, so but she's doing fine. So good, that's good. Good segue to our new sponsor, mate. Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, the the emergency center down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, oh, for, thanks oh, so much, guys. Uh, really I mean, I mean, they do, they do a really good job there, yeah, because they're there all night and uh, just they're economical. They're, oh, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're economical for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, and then speaking of emergency centres, and we had another patient then went to the emergency centre just for a, a, a check, and I saw it the next day. Um, I uh, saw a dog that had stuck its tongue in a paper shredder. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's a uh, dog had just been rescued. It's like a thirteen-year-old Labrador. Yeah. And um, and so we when we were moving house, we got a paper shredder so that we could shred up all the stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and I was looking at the bottom of it, going, yeah, sometimes it gets jammed. And I go, right, I got to make sure I pull the cord out, turn it over, but so I'm not going to, you know, accidentally have it turn on yeah. while my fingers are in there trying to pull it out. Um, and yeah, this dog. So the uh, so the owners only had it for a couple of weeks, and um, yeah, she was doing some shredding, and the dog's gone. 
wonder what happens what if I do this. Whoa. Foot straight in there. And so, yeah, tongue was poking through the through the paper shredder. So had to turn it off, had to try and... Reverse it. You have to reverse, reverse yeah, it. Wow. absolutely. So, so yeah, as you would expect, it's like a... Saint, I mean, you wouldn't have liked it because there was blood everywhere. Yeah, you probably would have yeah, you got a little bit scared I'm happy with it. blood in real life. Oh, it's, you're happy with real life. scary yeah, it's, occurrence. It's fake blood. It's fake, fake yeah. blood coming out of the mouth of a fake clown that you get a little bit worried. It's when it's the soundtrack in the background... That I start to get a little bit worried about yeah. blood. Yeah, you were playing that before. Movies. I had to start looking behind my behind my back, making sure there wasn't going to be. You know, well, some, just oh, just net, check. I can see a reflection in, there, in your mate. glasses. I'm fine. There's yeah, a balloon yeah. there. Yeah, we all There's float down there. here, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so uh, dogs come in and I had a look at the tongue, and it's like yeah, it's, it's shredded. You Ooh. know, so so it's just it's shredded matted, matted, from a paper shredder. Uh, as you would shredded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Luckily, I don't think it was a cross. It wasn't. Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't a cross thread um, clipper. Not the high security, uh, you know, un, un uh, put back together rule. No, shredder. No, no. Thankfully, because I don't think there would have been any tongue left. Like it just would have like that. You wouldn't have got it out of that. So yeah, um, wow. So so uh, had a look and this has got all these massive big grooves in down through the side of it. But down the end of the tongue, I could see a couple of spots where it wasn't looking as pink as as usual. So I saw it the day after, and so I said to the owner, "Look, yeah, we got two options here. Either we can knock it out and go and try and put some stitches in there, but stitching up tongues always a pain in the bum. It's so so much movement. It's so much." that the stitches often pull through. And I said, and there's a chance that that some of the tongue's going to be necrotic anyway. And until we know what's healthy and what's not, I might be putting stitches in there that are going to fall out. Yeah. So we, we decided, right, we're going to give it a couple of days. Um, so I got it back in again. And you could see where the the dead parts of the tongue were on the side where it was going necrotic. Right. But the dog was eating. For, so I treated antibiotics and anti-inflammatories yeah, yeah. and pain relief yeah, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, and uh, got it back in two days later. Uh, again, so this is like five days after the incident. And those necrotic areas of the tongue had fallen off wow. and so what it's got it's got sort of like one it's got a, a long bit at the front and then just nothing at the sides you know right up the front of its tongue yeah. right and so it's still eating and drinking absolutely fine but its tongue was really curled over and I thought oh no look it's the because of the muscle of the tongue it's making it flip backwards yeah. But then I looked at it and I realised it was one of the necrotic edges, bits of the tongue that was still attached at the front. Oh. So she was trying to swallow this bit of her tongue oh. that was caught out. So I had to try and pull this bit of the tongue out and get my scissors there and try and cut the yeah. end of it off without cutting any more of the tongue. So anyway, she's doing great. That's so amazing. How, how's that as a crap start of a new a new life and your new... But dog's fine. Dog's that's, fine. She's feeling a million bucks. That's fantastic. That's yeah. really good. Wow. I wonder if it, they thought the tongue was more than the seven sheets of thickness, you know? You only know to put seven sheets in there. I wonder if it's just gone... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> steam coming out, steam overheating. Coming, steam, blood, yeah. you know, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice Absolutely one. insane. Wow. So, so it's the first... Um, I've seen a few cut tongues of where um, owners will try and trim the, the whiskers oh, from around their dogs. Trim the beard. And out goes the tongue and, psst, oh. you know, and so they, those dogs just come in pink because they're just covered in yeah. blood. Oh, the tongue um, bleeds like anything, doesn't it? But it man, loves to. But first time, uh, first time ever for a paper shredder. So, yeah. You know, well, one of the fastest healing parts of the body would be the tongue. Uh, lots of blood, which yeah. is great, which yeah. is part of the reason why there's blood everywhere, you know. And that's what I said to the owner. I said, look, you know, worst comes to worst, you know, we can go in there and we can cut off like a half of the dog's tongue and stitch it together and the dog will be fine. Yeah. Um, but... You know, let's see what happens. So we didn't and didn't ever happen to That's fantastic. knock it out at all. Super so, vet. Oh well, no, it's more more just inspired in activity. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, knowing when to cut, knowing when to watch. Yeah, yeah. There yeah, you go. There yeah. you go. Like that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about you? What's been uh, cooking down in, in uh, cooking in your kitchen? 
Not a lot, mate. It hasn't been. Uh, I can't think of anything too remarkable that's happened this week. Had a, had a lot of grass seeds. Like we keep talking about it every wow, week. Wow, yeah, yeah. Have no, you been d- been telling everyone to brush their dogs out? Brush weekly, mate. That's yep, what it is. Groom weekly. Don't don't look for them. Just don't brush. just don't look for them. Just, just brush. Brush with your eyes closed. Actually, it's interesting. I did uh, uh, had a dog that I had to knock out to trim its toenails and uh, dremel its feet. I've talked about it before. Bull yeah. terrier, and uh, and I spoke to the owner today. And only knocked the dog out two days ago. And she said, oh, I was sore in one of the feet. You know, I was like, oh, well, that sometimes happens when we drill them down like that. She goes, and I looked in the foot and there was a grass seed in there. I thought, well, there you go. In two days, grass seeds appear. Two days? Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't there when I looked at and it. And there's no point looking. you just got to try and brush. That's right. I said, make sure you brush it. Br- Bull brush terrier. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As it gets jagged on its yeah. on its big warty pads yeah, and, you know, right. and, and, and screwy nails. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so you got... Calorie-free treats, you want to talk about that? Ah, no, we'll talk about that next oh, time. <laughs> just so take a drink. Yeah, I know. Sorry, mate. It's just like, I saw you about to take throw a Throw it over I just, to me. I just let, let the water just come out of your nose there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, just in case you're feeling uh, fe- feeling uh, stressed out, mate, mate, maybe you could do with uh, something to try and relax you down. Yeah. yeah well, maybe, maybe some Zilkeen. Well, actually, I did have a cat today that I put on Zilkeen. Nice. So anxiety-lowering medication. Was a cat that uh, keeps, keeps waking the owner up. It's about four years old. Wakes the owner up every night in the right. middle of the night. Yeah. And she was only young, maybe in her 20s. I'll give you the credit, twenties, yeah. <laughs> and and um and uh, and she said ever since she had the cat for the last four years, it would wake her up every night. She said, "What yeah, can right. I do about it?" I said, "Well, not so sure about that." And we got a bit more talking. It actually, turned out the cat was licking its front legs and it had right. like a hair loss on its elbows, right? Okay, both sides. And so I thought, "Oh, that doesn't sound so good." Yeah. And then it had urinated in the wrong spot a couple of times. Urinated on a bed a couple of times. Yeah, right. Which is she sort of associated. She had some visitors over, so some anxiety things yeah, going on. Yeah. So I said. Look, maybe let's try just for the anxiety, not for the waking in the middle of the night. I don't yeah. think Zilkeen's going to help there. But let's try this for the licking down the legs and uh, and and the weighing on your bed when you when you need it. So yeah, right. Another another success story. Hopefully, there you go. More wonderful Zilkeen. Exactly. Yeah. So thanks, guys, for supporting us. Very good. And you know what? If that cat, um, if the skin doesn't get better on its leg, you know what it could have. Ringworm? It could have a ringworm, you know, or, or eosinophilic granuloma complex. Or, <laughs> Thank you. Or, or, or it could fleas. Have, fleas, yeah, yes. absolutely. Or, or it could have a dietary allergy. That, uh, mate, lucky we you know, talked. And, and, and you know what? If it does have a dietary allergy, maybe you need to try and feed it a diet that's uh, that's based on duck and kangaroo lice. A skin and stomach version, you reckon, mate, of some diet. Quite possibly. Have you got any, any diets in mind? No. No, 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 that's no, it. Yeah, and so and anyway, next one. Yeah. <laughs> Delicate care, mate. Yes. Some big supporters of the pod too. Absolutely. So thanks, guys. Uh, but yeah, you're right, mate. They're really good for the... Um, I've been, I've been doling that stuff out like uh, like it's... Uh, like candy. Like yeah. Me, have you? Yeah, yeah exactly. To, Very um, good. Yeah, the skin and stomach. Uh, I think the fact that it's a novel protein, you know, yep. you, you get the dogs or your cats in, they haven't had much duck or they haven't had much kangaroo before, they've got skin problems or they've got uh, gastrointestinal upset and stuff, and you put them on that and just right Rain. I think particularly for cats because there's not really a, a lot of great novel protein yes. diet, a dry foods out there for cats. Yes. Um. So you know, I mean, dogs. There's there are different varieties. Um. But, but none um, none as good as delicate. None care. as good as delicate no. care. Um. Rosie is enjoying her delicate yeah. care. We got the bag of that. You know. So so Rosie's on that at the moment. We're transitioning her onto it. Uh. And she seems to be enjoying it. Olive you know? likes so it. Olive likes it too. Olive, yeah. Olive likes it. She's fantastic. Well. Yeah, yeah, doing well. uh, slow transition. Slow transition. That's the most important thing because uh, like if ever you're transitioning first. Now I'm not sure. I, I actually got it a little bit wrong last week. It's actually not the. Uh, it wasn't 
the inventor of the tami- Tamagotchi that was uh, that that wanted the food that was sorted out. It was actually uh, yeah, that the tried to request it. it. Was actually the the guy who was uh, one of the heads of uh, Yokohama Tires. Really? No, not at all. No, no. <laughs> No, but was a Japanese uh, the Japanese owner of Suzuki. Suzuki, yes. Can we yeah. be more any more culturally inappropriate? Is there well, anything no, else we're, we can we're just we're highlighting all these wonderful things that are that have come out of Japan, just Ast- like Astro Boy. Astro Boy, yeah, the yeah, inventor was, of Astro Boy. Yeah, what was the what was the um, the professor's name? Was it oh, I don't um, know. Uh, Professor Elephant? Professor was Elephant Astro Boy because he had a big nose. Oh, not an Astro Boy. It's a separate thing, is it? No, 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 no. That was Astro Boys. Really? I don't remember uh, that. Yeah, don't you don't remember that? No. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty damn sure You're it was Professor Elephant. Oh, all over it, mate. And also because I like running around in black shorts and red boots, you know, with spiky hair, you with know, your, my shirt with, off. With your, your your feet cut off at the bottom. Uh, yeah, he didn't absolutely. have feet. He didn't have feet. No, no, no but he had, jets. he had the rockets. Jets, yeah, yeah. rockets, jets. Yeah, which which was you know, probably pretty dangerous if he was walking around in you know in, in puddles. I mean, because he could fly over the puddles. But anyway, delicate care. Yes. You know? <laughs> Thank you, guys. Delicate care. Thank, Thank you, Mr. Yokohama. Yeah, absolutely. And so check out their uh, check out their range at delicatecare.com.au. There's a, um, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that's a website. Yeah, if not, good. A, if not, there's a link to it in the show notes. So Google go it. Check, check it out there and uh, go and have a talk to your vet about whether or not any of their diets might be uh, a good option for uh, for your dog. Definitely. And cat. Yeah, definitely. And also a big thank you to our Patreon guys. We really appreciate your support. You, um, you're the intimate ones that keep us going. Keep, keep Did you the, say intimate? Yeah, well, the intimate, the people that are listeners that, that listen to the podcast, we know, they know us intimately on a daily basis and they're willing to, a weekly basis and willing to support us. Sorry, it was just the intimate that got me. I got, hang on, I think I missed, I missed that, uh, missed that, uh, that meeting. Oh, was that what you were thinking, mate? Yeah. We, we're, there, we're going. We're not going there at all. Uh, uh, with we, we, we were saying before that when you, because that definitely sounds like it's a zip up thing. Yes. So you just got to make sure there's not a something about Mary kind of uh, <laughs> kind, kind of incident there. So yeah, yeah. Hello, hello to any, anyone out there that's uh, under 19 years of age and has never seen something about Mary. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 right, yeah, right. Um, so, uh, so I've been uh, you know, searching the uh, searching the newspapers and stuff this week, mate. And uh, th- did you know that there has been a spate of of uh, birds of prey stealing dogs? Uh no, I didn't know the spate. This, but this ties in well with one of my stories, maybe. In the future. No, next podcast. Next episode. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, if, if you had to close your eyes and picture it, I reckon that you'll be talking about your one maybe in episode 89. There might be some Listen big news week. about what's happening next week. <laughs> seamless. We are seamless. That's why did you see the thing I wrote on there and go, oh, geez, I was, I was going to write that. Anyway, I haven't had a chance to read it. I was printing it out. Anyway. All right, go on. No, so, so it's made um, of, 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 of uh, birds stealing dogs. Bird, no, no, yeah, yeah, uh, birds that are stealing dogs. Right, no, yes. tell us more. So, Petuawa grabbed by bird of prey in Aberdeen. Now, I didn't know that Aberdeen in Scotland really had that many birds of prey, but, you know, turns out it does. I'm not much of an ornithologist of, uh, that's that's a bird, yeah, you know. Twitter? Tw- a, a Twitter. Not much of a twit. Yeah, well, I am a twit, but you know, not so much <laughs> of a bird, you know, and, and I've been known to Twitter a little bit, but I'm not an angry enough man, so I tend to stay off Twitter, you know. <laughs> I, I, I have no comments to make on Twitter because I'm not angry enough. So, not angry you know, enough. Yeah. Um, so, a Petuawa had a very lucky escape when a bird of prey tried to snatch it, according to its owners. This is from uh, BBC News Scotland. I was probably... Jeez, I'm just making sure that no bird's going to come and... 
Is that Bird of Prey? Uh, I think that sounds like <laughs> Mr. Bluebird from the old uh, Song of the South uh, uh, show, which I don't think is on Disney+. Plus. Did you ever see Song of the South when you were a kid? No. no. All these references. No, no it's, it's, it's not one that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. It was an incredibly racist movie. Right. And so that's one that I don't think is going to make it onto the vaults. No. Anyway. Okay. Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox. Right. No. No. Uncle Remus. No, not ring a no. bell. No. No. Okay. But send us an email if it does ring a bell. Speaking of inappropriate, Sheila. Sheila Glanders is the is a lady's name. Um, yeah. Hello to any Sheilas out there. Yeah, yeah. all the Sheilas are listing. Is that, that's very Australian. Is, is this in Aberdeen, Australia? Or is, uh, yeah, Ab- Aberdeen, uh, Aberdeen, just out of Adelaide. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah just um, on the outer, outer suburbs of Melbourne. So, uh, so Sheila Galanda, seventy-two, said eighteen-month-old Emma, which I'm assuming was the Petuala, uh, was only saved thanking thanks to the quick actions of her husband Robert. <laughs> Yeah, I think he threw an ambulance at it. Um, the buzzard-like bird tried to take the pet from their garden in Aberdeen's Stony Wood on Friday. But Mr. Galanders, 65... Oh, hang on, here we go. Mr. Galanders is 65 and Mrs. Galanders is 72. Yes. There we go. That's fine. It's 2019. Matt... But Mr. Galanders, with his, with his young 65-year-old hands, managed to get the predator and release the dog from its talons. Emma is now recovering at home after being treated by a vet. Mrs. Galanders said, we heard a bell and it was a bird of prey coming down. It must have escaped from its handler. So this is a bird of prey that has flown from, oh, you know, from somewhere Abu Dhabi around. or somewhere. I wouldn't have said Abu Dhabi, probably Aberdeen. I think it's a decent flight from Abu Dhabi, you know. I don't know it would have had clearance to make it all the way across from the Middle East to the to the northern part of the UK. Wouldn't have thought so. I mean, I'm not 100% sure. But, but it does remind me of a story that I heard on another podcast. Excellent. I know I'm digressing. I, I hate it when Why not? Let's, let's digress. But about some guy who, did, who was doing a study on birds of prey, I think, in America. Yes. And... Uh, and they managed to put a GPS tracker on a bird of prey. They want to see how far it went. So the first bird, they're going to this study, they're going to track 100 birds where yeah. they went birds of prey. Got the bird, put the tracker on with a SIM card, and uh, and the bird took off and flew, and they forgot to turn off global roaming on right. the SIM card. And so it flew to Iran, right. and then kept feeding back on global roaming from Iran, and, and ended up spending their whole budget on this one bird just tracking it. <laughs> And the whole the whole thing had to had to be um, had to be canned because they didn't turn off global roaming off the SIM card. Oh, my rookie goodness. mistake! Has oh, that? Oh, that's terrible. Well, we know where one bird went. One bird, yeah, he went to Iran and then stayed there. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that he all of a sudden flew like really quickly there, and that the one bird they put a chip in managed to get sort of snatched and then illegally illegally shunted oh, somewhere, but taken to Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have thought that. Uh, you know, the, 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 I mean, gee, he was going from um, America to Iran. You wouldn't have thought there would be much of a chance of. You know, American airspace, let them get back from Iran back into America well, again. No, no. I mean, that's a fair. It's they're, they're not. They're, they're two fairly geographically separate areas, uh, USA and Iran. I might have the 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 start and finish locations incorrect, but the story's similar. <laughs> <laughs> it could have actually no. It was Abu, It was Aberdeen to Abu Dhabi. Aberdeen to Abu Dhabi. Yes, Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. So, Mrs. Mrs. Glanders, Sheila, explained it pinned her against the fence. It only got so far up, but my husband was able to get the bird off her. It then just looked at us. It was a really big bird, like a buzzard. It was definitely bird. It was big bird. Scoop. It was big bird. He wrote it on Snuffleupagus. Me 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 me. It was big bird. Just a big dude in a suit with big orange legs, big yellow feathers. Why do feathers. they just rip his head? Oh, no, don't do that. 
Emma, Emma was taken to the vet and is receiving medication. Mrs. Galandis hopes the appeal will lead to the bird hand, bird's handler coming forward. Oh. Her owner added, uh, added, she is a bit bruised, but otherwise she was not physically injured. Her stress is sky high and we are struggling to get her back out in the garden. It was lucky. If it had not been for my husband getting to her so quickly, I dread to think what could have happened. It's yeah. for her husband. Now, now, here's the scary bit, right? There's Then they a link, right? Yeah. Seagull flew off with Gizmo the Chihuahua. Right? This is then the... <laughs> Hang on a second. This is We've then... We've gone from Big Bird the Buzzard... Yeah. ...to now with the uh, the Pomeranian... Yeah. ...to the Seagull the to, to Chihuahua. Gizmo. Oh, no. The, the, uh, Emma, the, Emma was a Chihuahua as well, but this one's Gizmo. This is actually seven. So what, what, what's Giz- next? A Robin and a Teacup Terrier? Possibly. Yes. yes. That, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. third one. The third one, yes. Um uh, where are, that, that's one for tomorrow, for next, for next week. <laughs> next uh, week. Gizmo the Chihuahua seized and taken away by a seagull. A seagull has seized and flown off with a family's pet chihuahua, according to its owners. Becca Louise, this is from, uh, again, from BBC News England. This is in Devon, though. It probably didn't help that they had the dog dressed up as a chip. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the dog's name. <laughs> No, it was Gizmo. Gizmo, right. Gizmo, yeah, yeah. Gizmo. The husband, husband's name was Chip. Giz- so. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. These people have lost their chihuahua. A little bit of, you know, a little, little sorry, bit of... Try sorry, and, try, I, I'm making mirth of Make their, mirth. Of their yeah. misery. That's not Be- good. Becca Louise Hiller said a gull swooped down and grabbed Gizmo by the scruff of his neck in Paynton, Devon. Her partner tried to grab the dog's legs to stop him being taken away. Gizmo 4 was described as a small brown dog weighing two kilograms. Ornithologist Peter Rock told the Today program on BBC, uh, BBC Radio 4 seagulls were capable of picking up small animals. Ms Hill, 24, said her partner was with Gizmo at the side of the house at 1300 BST on Sunday. Uh, she said a seagull swooped down and grabbed him by the scruff of the neck. My partner tried to grab his legs, but that was but he was not tall enough, and the seagull flew away. She said there have been no sightings of Gizmo since. She said she would keep looking every day until he was found. It is not nice that one of my babies has gone, she said. Mr. Rock from the University of Bristol said, if you have a very tiny dog, I suggest you don't let it run around in your back garden. It may well become a meal. Wow. wow. So there you go. So Mr. Rock's dropping it like it's hot. You know, there you go. Uh <laughs> He said he was not really surprised to hear of the incident because gulls are very large. Tony Whitehead from the oh, Royal Society... Maybe was it one of those like big ocean kind of gulls, not just your standard variety you find at the fish and chip shop? Quite possibly, seagulls. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds so I think like um, I think the ones that hang around the fish and chip shop, they are definitely more interested in fish and chips, yeah. but those bigger ones are more interested in Mexican. <laughs> Mate, no, no, stop laughing. That's it's terrible. Is that because it's a chihuahua? Yeah, well, that's what I was going for there, mate. You know, I can draw you a picture if you like. You know, well, I'm that's why I had him, had him dressed up as an enchilada. I'm you know, slow. some yeah, of the yeah. listeners might Wrapped be up as a little taco. That's why. That's why the seagull liked Mexican, right? So anyway, Tony Whitehead from the Royal Society of the Protection of Birds said it was possible a recently fledged herring gull came into conflict with the dog, and the parents defended. What conflict? Hang on, what's going on here? Ooh, Let me the story this. deepens. Yeah, said it was possible a recently fledged herring gull came into conflict with the dog and the parents defended. Alternatively, it was a simple predation. Ah, so there you go. So 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 Gizmo the Chihuahua was having a go at the baby, and so these big seagulls, right? Yeah. Have, have extracted justice, Liam Neeson style. Yeah, right. go, because they've got a particular set of skills, <laughs> and they've flown down and they've taken. Take it off with Gizmo. He said it's a, 
He said it was a rare thing to happen to a dog, but he advised owners of small dogs to keep an eye on their pets and an eye on the skies. So they needed to have um, Kevin Smith whacking the. Yeah, remember when he when he d- uh, saved his his dachshund from being taken by an owl? Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Whack it with a pull toy, or whack the owl with a pull toy. Oh right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So there you go. Wow, uh, so that's b- great. There's a spate of, of bird of dog nappings by birds, but only in, in England. England. Only in England. On oh, no, Aberdeen, Scotland, was it? No, no, no. One was in Devon as well. Devon. So both in England. Yep, yep. So one in the north, one in the south. So if you're in the middle of England, you can let your animals do whatever you like because everything there is fine. Wow. I wonder if they found the owner of the buzzard. Yeah, not sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Good stuff, mate. Well, this is a new story about uh, another bird. Right, Rocco. Here we go. Rocco, the African grey parrot. Right. And Rocco caused a bit of trouble in his previous home. Yep. He was initially at the National Animal Where's Welfare. the article from? Uh... From the, the We've internet. We've got to get our source. Oh, okay, right. the internet. <laughs> uh, it's from, well, if you really want to know, it's from healthyfoodhouse.com. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not reputable, but, <laughs> but, but this, is main, this is a mainstream article. <laughs> if you really must know, we're wow. researchers. And how long hours of research. How long do our Patreon subscribers? <laughs> yeah. This is, this is when, if you want right, to know. Tell things, us about your African grey parrot, right, mate. Rocco. Yeah. Rocco, he used to live in a National Animal Welfare Trust sanctuary in Berkshire. Right. So we're back in England again. Yeah, there's a lot in England. Yeah. Welcome to our UK listeners. When his blue language upset visitors. Oh, here we go. And I'm liking this already. So therefore, he was rehomed and he's now living with his new owner, sanctuary worker, Marion Wisniewski. Wisniewski. Yep. His new home, in his new home, Rocco started using the Amazon Echo... So in Amazon Echo, it's like uh, like a personal assistant thing, like Google. Oh yeah, Google hey, hey, Alexis and all yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. order all the things he likes to eat. Oh, geez, if he if he uses fairly sweary language, I'd hate to see the sort of people that are going to turn up. And Alexa was his partner in crime. Now, African greys are well known for their mimicking skills. Yes. So he could add his preferences to a virtual supermarket list. Wow. I love this. Marion said that she checks the shopping, shopping list when she comes home from work and cancels all the items he's ordered. <laughs> His list includes various fruits and veggies, including melons, broccolis, broccoli, and raisins, as well as ice cream. Right. He's ordering melons online. Yeah. That's interesting. Nice one. Yeah, he's going to be able to do pretty good things with that with his hooked beak. <laughs> Rocco also ordered some random things like a kite, a kettle, and a light bulb. Wow. He's, 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 a, he's an inventor, I reckon. He's oh, going to make something. Yeah, he's like MacGyver. He's, he's, he's better MacGyver. than MacGyver, you know? <laughs> MacGyver. Yet the clever parrot likes to dance too. Dance as well. Yes. And tells the voice actor's advice to play his favourite tunes. Oh, there we go. What's, he, what's his favourite tunes? What's, what's high on his Spotify list? Well, we'll have to, have to wait and see. We're getting there. If I can get my phone to work. Getting there. Uh, so he... Uh, he likes to dance to and tells the voice actor advice by his favourite tunes. He prefers rock, but they're also slow numbers at times. Oh, really? Yeah. So he likes he a little bit of like, you know, more than words and things like that. Well, you know, like... he likes a bit of sensual dancing, I think, a bit of the slow dance. Oh, right. Yeah. Marion says that they chat away to each other all day and sometimes when she comes in, there's romantic music playing. Can't get enough of your love, baby. Rocco. Yeah, well, there you go. And he loves a boogie with Alexa, but, he has some, but it has to be something fast. Like his favourite, Kings of Leon. Rocco. Yeah. There he goes. Off he goes. Kings of Leon. Beating his, beating his little head. Six yeah. on five. Yes. It's That's what he likes. That, that, because he likes rock, but he also likes the sensual stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think Kings of Leon will like that, because now we owe them three cents. Yeah. <laughs>
So there you go, mate. There's some cutting edge stuff straight from healthyfoodhouse.com. Nice. Where all good articles on animals come from. <laughs> now, mate, bring us back. Have you got anything else? I you do. I do. I've got something that's actually hot off the press. Great. Um, so this is from... Um, sorry, I'm just going to get the microphone somewhere near my mouth there. Um, so this, this is from, uh, from uh, The Age... From uh, from on Saturday, yeah, um, and they actually managed to get themselves right on the front there. You know, look, they got the little the little bit right up the top there. Oh yeah, yeah, picture. okay, yeah. So, furry felines unleash their curiosity on the catwalk. So this is uh, uh, from the Age, November twenty third. So written by Sophie Aubrey. Stroll along the main hub of Port Melbourne, and you may catch a glimpse of a fluffy tail swinging in the post office, at a cafe, or by the shops. Oh, yeah, there I'm we intrigued. go. So, so there's every chance that you, these guys might be uh, might be your patients, yeah, mate. You know, yeah. Tell me more. Foxy and Star, two blue-eyed ragdolls, have become a familiar sight in the inner city Bayside suburb. Hang a- on, Foxy and Star, Foxy and Star, the local celebs. Absolutely. Well, Whoa, uh, they're in the paper. Well, it, sa- it says here that they do have an Instagram account. I'll bet they do. I bet they I'll do. Bet yeah, they if, do. You're, if you're taking your cats for a walk at a cafe down in Port Melbourne, if your cats don't have an Instagram account, you are getting kicked out of Port Melbourne. And if you don't have more than 30 followers like we do, <laughs> <laughs> you're not doing it right. Uh, so they accompany their owner, Penelope Dudgeon, on a leash as she grabs a coffee. Penny, Penny Dudgeon? Pe- yes. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, as she Never grabs a coffee or sends parcels for her fashion business, Lady Fox. Like many cat owners, Penelope says she always preferred her cats to live in the safety of her home. But she says she still wanted them to experience the outdoors and her third floor apartment makes it too risky for them to roam the balcony freely. I thought it would be lovely for them to get out in nature, she says. She decided to train both cats from a young age in wearing a harness and leash and stumbled upon Cat Explorer, a community of cat owners who want to walk and travel their pets. Penelope takes the cats out out a few times a week but only one at a time, apart from in the picture here where she's got the two of them there. Yeah, okay. You know, so th- that's just for the photo opportunity. That doesn't look like Port Melbourne Promenade. Uh, no, no. If you actually have a look at um, one of the cats as well, I'm not sure if it's uh, you know, Foxy or Star, but it's open mouth breathing there. So it was either, <laughs> either hissing, yelling, or possibly about to go into respiratory distress. <laughs> so if she is your client, you might want to take a chest x-ray of it when she comes in next week. That wasn't the 39 degree day, was it? We don't recommend walking a cat. I probably would have been on actually. a thirty-nine degree day. I reckon it could have been because they would have they it wouldn't have been taken. Yes, there's a chance it could have been. You now she's in a sunny dress too, you know, but she, which might sell through a Lady Fox, you know, design studio. Are we sponsored by Lady yet, Fox. No. Uh, here we, we should go. get in touch. Oh, we should do. Penny, yeah, Penny, Penny, if you're listening, yeah, give us send us some Instagram. Get followers. on on Patreon. Uh, Penelope, t- yeah, she can get a t-shirt. Maybe maybe she might sell our t-shirts through her <laughs> through her label. <laughs> That'd be great. It's great. It's, it's nice. It's a nice cotton feel that she's that, you know, that our t-shirts have got. It's straight fantastic. F- straight from Vista Print. Straight from Vista Print. Absolutely. I'm <laughs> We're sure. all good t-shirt. Maybe Lady Fox do a printed shirt. Maybe they do. <laughs> yeah. You can't tell me that that dress isn't from Vista Print anyway. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Here Full we go. quality. Oh. Um, Penelope takes the cats out a few times a week, but only one at a time, she says, because two nimble felines can be hard to handle. Two-year-old Foxy is the nervous one, meaning training took longer, and Penelope takes her out only when she's comfortable. 11-month-old Star, however, is the opposite, and often blocks the front door meowing when Penelope is about to leave home, demanding to be taken along. Penelope says the biggest factors to keep in mind are traffic, dogs, and loud noises, as these can spook cats. Yeah, there, and the, thank you very much. We'll take that as a comment. Thank you, Foxy. 
it's why she always st- <laughs> for any for any Q and A watchers yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, it's why she always starts the walks with Foxy or Star in a cat backpack to make them feel safe. She says once things quieten down, she lets them out on a leash. They tell me if they want to get out and walk. If they are suddenly feeling unsafe or anxious, I put them in the backpack where they feel really secure. Penelope says passers-by are often stunned when they realise a cat is on the end of her leash, but she says the local area has embraced it. They love them. They are well-known in the neighbourhood, especially at the post office, where the person at the post office has a cat allergy. <laughs> they ask, are they, are they well-known at the Offaly Dog Park? <laughs> the Offaly Cat Park? <laughs> yeah. She don't they just walk up and down the fence, just weeing on the fence at the off-lead cat park. Cat Explorer, uh, cat Explorer was created by Sydney couple Hasara and Daniel Lay, who say the key to walking cats is to slowly expand their boundaries as they become comfortable. Ms. Lay says she wants to bust the couch potato cat stereotype. Cats are capable of so much more than we give them credit, she says. They don't have to be climbing mountains. Many members of our community just go out in their backyard with their cat to give them more enrichment than what they get within the four walls of their home. University of Melbourne behave. Behaviorist, Dr. Mel Rockman. Ah, uh, Mel. I actually do know Mel. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, is she a friend. veterinary behaviorist? Same as me. Well, technically not. Yeah, so, so the age is... is Same. They've, yeah, they've they... butchered that one. Yeah. That's right. Not not Mel's fault. No. She's probably sitting there going, oh, hopefully nobody mentions about this, mentions this on a podcast. <laughs> hopefully thousands of people won't see my name incorrectly. Yeah, that's or, right. Uh, my title incorrect. Well, it assumes that people have read through to the fifth, uh, the fifth uh, paragraph. Or well, you, the fifth we have. Of, we have. It's yeah. because we've got content to fill a podcast with, mate. <laughs> She says that while some cats might enjoy being in busier areas, most are solitary by nature. And she recommends sticking to the garden because of the risks posed by dogs and cars. Thank you very much, Dr. Mel. I know I completely agree with you. If you're walking your cat in a contained yard and there are no other animals, that would be fine as long as the cat's body language is comfortable and content with that. When venturing beyond the yard, Dr. Rockman urges owners to consult a trainer or behavioral expert to bring and to bring a cat. Uh, to bring a carrier the cat can escape into when distressed. Cats can get a lot of enrichment inside the home, she adds. Right. Okay. But you don't get to take pictures of, you know, cats open mouth breathing outside, you know, when they're inside. And you don't get an ad, a good ad for your foxy lady um, uh, swimwear uh, yeah, thing. What was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, foxy uh, lady. Uh, lady Fox. Oh, I don't want to get it wrong. No, no. Lady no, Fox. Lady, it was like Lady Fox um, uh, fashion business. Right. Yes. Website? Um, <laughs> no. I'm sure if you just Google Lady Fox, Lady you'll, Fox. you'll just come up with an image for it. <laughs> Don't do that. We're not recommending anybody does that at all. If but, you're under 18, make sure you've got the parental guidance <laughs> things on your on your on Google Explorer. Yes, you know, before, before you, you look up Foxy you look Lady. Up, you know, go, you know, then you might get a little bit of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, that'd be all right. Oh, yeah, that'd be all right. Yeah. yeah. So, so what are your comment comments on that, mate? What are your thoughts? Because I thought seeing that that's going to be great content. Given my mate Lewis not likes behaviour so much. Yeah. No. Actually, I do like the idea of walking cats on a harness and lead. Yeah. Um, as long as they're comfortable with it. So, yeah. and close to home, I think. Yeah. yeah, exactly like Mel has said. Don't go to your off-lead dog park with nope. your cat. I don't think that's a good idea. No. Or your off-lead cat park. No. Or the dog beach. I wouldn't because go to the dog beach. Because that dog is not a cat beach. No. But it is really good. So some cats, I do have a lot of, um, oh, not a lot of, a few owners that certainly come with their cats in on a harness to the clinic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, and I think it is good enrichment for them to do that. Certainly if you've got a backyard and you, you don't want to allow your cat to roam freely. Great idea, leash and harness. We tried on Olive once. Yeah, how'd that go? Yeah, no, not so good. She not just flopped good. down and lay down. Just she wouldn't paralyzed. Move. Wouldn't move. We sort of 
dragged her along the floorboards a little bit and then realised that probably wasn't a good idea. But I think if you persevere... Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, Olive got a bit uh, tactile sensitive, so we yeah, couldn't yeah. put it on the next time. But um, but I do have a lot of owners and I do sometimes recommend it because yeah, yeah, I think it's got enrichment. Nice, yeah. good stuff. Um, and and a good, ad, good ad for your foxy lady. Um, uh, um, swimwear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you, you just got to be careful though. You know, you want If your cat looks like it is not enjoying it, don't push it. Yeah. Or open mouth breathing. Open on a mouth 39 breathing. 39 degree day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if the, the, the photo- if that might have been the photographer's fault. I've been saying, hang on, we're just going to get one more. Yeah, just did one more. <laughs> did, did it look like um, Penny was sweating? Was she Was she in the sun there? Uh, well, it's, was she it's, working a glow? Perhaps a bit of a glow. Well, I don't know. She's got the sun behind her, so that, I mean, look, not not that I want to try and you know cast any shade on the photographer's uh, uh, skills Pro-S. here, but he probably should have had her standing in the sun rather than in the shade because you know it's it's not a it's it's not it's not good photography skills. Lewis. It's quite angelic though. It looks like a bit of an aura around her there. Well, I guess so. With the, you know, with the light, anyway. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it washes out her hair, which is you know otherwise great. Um, so yeah, no, uh, I, I think it's a you know I, I, I've got a story. So um, yes. a, vet, a vet that I used to live with. I'm not going to mention names, but I probably have f- earlier in the podcast. But um, uh, it was back uh, back years ago. No, it's not Christina. <laughs> um, so uh, you still so live with her. So you used used to used to yeah. used to. So well, as of I hadn't asked her how how she is. So well, well things were all right when of, I left home at yeah. ten. O'clock this morning. An hour ago. Yeah, everything's all right. right. Everything's still good. Um, So you still live with Christine, yes? Yeah, yeah. Um, So the cat had a. um, uh, So a person I lived with had a Burmese cat and so uh, wanted to let it run around outside but had a harness on it and had it tethered to a tree so that it could sort of, um, you know, roam around but without, you know, escaping. Right. Tethered to a tree is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, just on the the harness on a a rope, you know, because, you know, they'd gone to work. So. Right and left okay. the, the cat out in the backyard. Wouldn't get tangled. Well, so I came home oh, from work. Right. Sorry, right? so I, so I came home from work and um, I'm looking around, going, "Where's the cat?" And I and uh, and I, at this stage, you know, like we've been used to um, used to the cat being outside um, on the harness, and I've walked on out the lead. And, on, on the lead, and so I've seen the um, the bit of string just going straight horizontally across the backyard <laughs> and over the fence. Oh, no. And I've gone, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. So, so I've gone bolting out the front door. Mr. And, Tittles. And so we're, so we're on the corner of a, blo- a corner block, right, and we're, with a road right next to us. So I've gone running up the run up the thing and, and I get to the side and here's the cat sitting there in the harness up against the fence. She's <laughs> going, meow. <laughs> oh, that was much, much deeper than wow. <laughs> so you go, okay, Roddy, come on, I'm going to unhook you here. And so it was a lot so of the, the sort of stigmata just, it just, was. just, it just was. stuck to the fence. Just, just stuck to the fence, oh, just no. on the side. So anyone that was either driving past her and just would have seen this cat just, uh, just stuck on the fence. Sort of nailed to the fence. That's <laughs> horrible. Oh, yeah, I know. How terrible goodness. is that? So anyway, but all was fine. All right. was fine. Was this person live with a vet? I'm not, I'm not going to comment. Where do they work now? <laughs> I'm definitely not going to comment. All righty. Okay. All advice on this show? Oh, yes. It's general in nature. Yes, because it is general in nature. So you should consult your veterinarian because they're generally really nice. And maybe um, the one that lived with Robbie, consult with them. Yes, yeah, yeah. But but not the one that wants to charge um, $2,000 to babysit a dog that's had heat stroke. Before following any advice that we give you for your pet, because there's every chance that we're nuts. Uh, we do our best to provide the most up-to-date information because otherwise we'd just be talking crap, which we do anyway. Uh, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing because it's an ever-changing field and, you know, 
why stay still. Please let us know if we've missed anything or if you think my disclaimer this week has gone on too long. Lewis, what do you got? We're throwing some shade today, mate, aren't we? Oh, we're just talking. The emergency centre, foxy lady, <laughs> your vet you live with, mate. We got to try. We got to try and get some. Uh, we got to try and get some controversy here, Lewis. We got to get the, li- the, oh, the, the, the numbers, numbers up. up. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Vi- viralise it. That's right. Yeah, it seems to work for uh, for Kyle Sandilands. I mean, he just you know he says bad things about oh, nice yeah. people, and then people still you know listen to him. So you know, but he's just a wit. Yeah, uh, he is absolutely. Yeah, yeah. he's a total. Bag. <laughs> I just found that sound effect. I thought I'd use it. All right. So this, that's what we talked about, dogs learning to detect colon cancer. And we got oh, stuck. Are you going to play some music for me, mate? Oh, yeah. No, that, that's on the back of one of the girls' music sheets. I wrote some <laughs> notes. So uh, the, um, um, dog, uh, and I got stuck down a rabbit hole. We talked, started talking about African, yes. giant African pouch rats. Pouch rats, yes. So if you want to listen to part one, go back to last week. The, t- the tuberculosis searching pouch rat. Mine, mine detecting. It's fantastic. So, yes. A little bit. So this, this was an article, Journal of Vet Behavior, entitled How Dogs Learn to Detect Colon Cancer. And I don't really want to go through the whole study because it really is quite really technical what they went into. But they learnt there were some really good things that I think the listeners might be interested in yeah. about dogs being taught to detect for cancer in, in any sort of substance. Because it's a really sort of popular thing. People think, oh, you know, my dog's going to be able to sniff my arm and go, that's a melanoma, that, yep. that mole there. Or, or you or know, lick it off and it's just a bit of <laughs> tomato sauce. <laughs> a bit of Nutella just yeah. dropped, dropped there earlier. Um, or, or, you know, or that that's a that's a squamous cell carcinoma there or whatever it might be. Yep, stick it's the a, nose up the bottom to detect ca- colon cancer. Exactly, that's yeah. right. Just, yep, yep. I'm not going anywhere near there. <laughs> oh, no, you're, it's not with me because I'm sitting down, mate, you know. <laughs> and... Uh, Hey, you're good. And so seamless. So people, yeah, I know. So yeah, people are really fascinated with that idea that the dog can detect all the smells and everything like that. But I think the big thing that came out of this study is, is they had a few things. It was a, it turned out to be a really really small study. They had two groups of dogs. Yep. Five five dogs in one group, five and three dogs in another group. So right. they only Pretty had tiny eight, numbers. only had eight dogs to work with, which is understandable. And they gave some really good explanations as to why that was. But it also gave some really good insight into how dogs learn scent training and, right. and how they go about it. So it also helped identify some of the issues with using dogs as a diagnostic tool and maybe why using African pouch rats might be a better option in the future. Right. So the first issue was they had a lot of difficulty getting enough stool samples to test. Oh, yes. Right. Now, mate, if there's ever a time when when the two of us can be willing to... Ser- to support some kind of research, yeah, yeah. Surely we could have. They could have just, uh, uh, hey, yeah, yeah. Knock, 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 knock. 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 Uh, Lewis and Robbie, have, have you got any? Uh, uh, about an hour ago, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and in, in fact, one of them didn't flush properly. I think it's still bobbing around in there. You know, yeah, that's our time to shine, mate. I mean, if anyone's full of the SH one T, yes, you and me. Oh, hundred percent. I reckon hundred percent. Yeah, up to the earlobes. But I don't think that was the issue. Right. I'm pretty sure the researchers themselves could have possibly supplied things. Yeah. I think it was samples that were positive for colon cancer, have been confirmed as having having colon colon cancer. cancer. Yeah, gotcha. So that was their their main issue. And the second issue was was stool odour. Yeah. Differs between people. Smells different. Correct. Everyone's... Every, every, everyone's got a bottom different. of what comes out of it That's is a bit right. different. Yeah. And we all know, we've all been on a tram, <laughs> in a lift, <laughs> on a train, bus, wherever, had children. Yes. We haven't all had children. No. We've had dogs. 
Yes. Cats, and we all smell differently. Yes, we do. We do. Except for the dog that smells like everybody in the house. Because it gets blamed for everybody Every, in everything. The house. Yes, yes, yeah. It's, a, it's a, just, a, just the, the easy, the easy target. Yeah, do you, do you, you're in a consult room. The dog lets one go. Do you have a, Do you have any like little repertoire for that? Yeah. Oh, push the wrong button there. Oh, right. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I wish I had to push that button with the door closed. Yeah. You know? I normally go. Oh, ooh, I can. I think I can smell what he had for breakfast there. Yeah. And then I go. Oh, and I go. Oh, I'll go. Oh, well, no, it wasn't me. Yeah, and the owner like if they say nothing, I go well. It's obviously them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or worse when it is you, and then you got to try and blame it on the dog. No, it's not hard. It's not. That's, not hard. <laughs> That's easy. That's easy. Never done that. Never ever done that. Oh, me neither, mate. No, yeah, no, no, I don't know what. No you're way. About. No, what? no, done of course what? not. Yeah, what? Yeah, what? No, it's the one. The one. Yeah. So. So there was no, there's no standard smell for how a dog poo should smell. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh, no, it's sorry, so, human poo should smell. Yeah. So that was their problem, and and then they don't know, sort of it's hard to know the standard smell for a, a, a poo that's got a cancer col- in colon it. Colon cancer. Yeah. So um, and and they gave a really good example. For example, a dog trained on a small amount of marijuana grown in Morocco, right, is expected to respond in a similar manner to a larger amount that was grown in Algeria. Although they're both the same plant, the smell of the two is quite different, even to human noses. Ah, right. And I thought I'd bring that up, mate, because I, I thought you'd be well across that sort of thing. You're Algerian and Moroccan. Uh, and Moroccan, well, certainly the Moroccan, absolutely. But then didn't make it to Algeria, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Rock, rocking the Casbah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the third issue was they found the age of the stool sample actually affected. The detection oh, yes. rate. So the so the more the, the stale of the, the more poo, volatile the smell. Volatile, volatile. Like it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and the staler it is, the less I think they could detect it. So yeah, right, so it's got to be fresh, fresh, and and a uh, and a good amount of cancer in it. I guess I don't know. What's a, what's a good amount of cancer, yeah, mate? No, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, it's a bad <laughs> just, phrase. Just, just just trying to work out what the what what the uh, the the actual new, numerical value is there. You know? Yeah. 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 And then the fourth issue was that a lot of false positives. So a lot of the times oh, the dog right. would say, yes, there's cancer in that turd, but there's yeah. not. Yeah, right. And a lot of false negatives as well. Yeah, right. Um, so the sensitivity and specificity of that test were really poor. But they only had eight dogs. Yeah. So their suggestion is for further testing, they need larger amounts of, of samples. Yes, correct. And they reckon if they have more samples, if they could get more samples, the... Um, their training would improve yeah. on the dogs because I think they found that with the dogs detecting things like TNT, the more different types of TNT that they can get where they're manufactured and that sort of thing, this dog does start to generalise a bit more to, oh, that's that whole big bracket is what TNT smells yeah, like. Yeah, gotcha. Whereas if it's just one type of TNT from... Oh, one factory. Yeah, oh, T- what, from Algeria. From, say, say from TNT Music Factory. <laughs> And the other type of TNT from the Looney Tunes. From Acme. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Acme TNT. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're not going to be able to detect the difference. Yes, But right. if they've already smelt those, then often they can detect the third one from Algeria. Yes. TNT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the Moroccan one that's, yeah. that's three times the strength. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And even humans can tell the difference. <laughs> um, so... So yeah, that that's pretty much it. That it's not as easy as we think. Yeah, right. you can just you know bring in a dog and it'll just go. Oh, bang! That's cancer. You yeah, know, yeah. It's a lot of training, a lot of difficulty, and I guess some of it does highlight why they don't use rats for that sort of thing because 
it's not like you've got to bring the rat to the person. You bring yep. the stool sample to the rat. Yeah, yeah. You can train them. They're using giant African pouch rats. I suppose maybe they're not in, I don't know if they're in the Western world or they're just yeah, in right. Africa. But it might might be a better option to start using some animals like that. Yeah, right. Because I guess that's the thing, as you say, you need to get the sample. and Because and when they're doing the, um, you know, for, uh, what is it, when you're over 50, that then you get your, here in Australia, you get your little letter from the government saying, congratulations, you're 50, we'd like a sample of your First time you get to mail some SH1T to the government. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, that uh, that with that they're actually detecting. You know, they're looking for blood, and yeah, you know, and so that's something that's easily detectable, no matter you know whether or not the poo's you know old or not. But if you're looking for scents within there, yeah. you know, yeah, it's even for the person. Like you need to try and work out right. This person, yes, you've got cancer. Sorry. By the way, can we get a, a stool sample because we've got a room full of dogs here that we want to try and you know let mm. let them have a sniff of it. You know, mm. there's a there's a lot of issues there that are probably make it difficult for them to be able to get the as you say the right samples at the right place at the right time. Yeah, I, I think the potential's there, but the, the worry is you know to train one dog would take a lot of work. I reckon. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and you know it can only work in one area. Whereas perhaps if they're using something like rats or or something similar. Yep. Um, or cats on, on harnesses, possibly. That might, might be a better being option. Walked around by, by Lady Fox wearing people. Yeah. 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 Fox and, and Chad. Packs. What was the name? Chad and Fox? Sky and, Sky Sky and, Foxy. and Fox. Fox. Sky and Foxy. But probably because Sky, because they're ragdolls, probably got sky blue eyes, I reckon. Oh, that'd, nice, that'd be my mate. That'd be my oh, bet. And Foxy's sweet. got a nice little foxy tail. Oh, no. Nice. You'll have to ask when she comes in next week. Yeah, when I see the foxy lady and she comes in. Yeah, yeah. When you've got to x ray the other one for why it's open mouth breathing. <laughs> it's breathing. Put on something for its asthma. <laughs> or, 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 or drain the drain drain the fluid out. Oh yeah, the pus in its chest. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Alrighty, on yeah, that note, from, from where from where it's made bitten. It, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we got bitten at the uh, the Offaly dog Offley park. Cat park. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they just wanted to say hello to each other. Yeah, yeah, they were rolling around like a bundle of fluff. Yeah, yeah. And they <laughs> That's how they say hello. <laughs> And now he's got an infection. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Um. So, uh, so you're done. Yeah, I'm yeah. out, mate. Excellent. Um. So next week, um, we I wanted to have a talk about um, uh, when your dog's got a lump and your vet says, look, I'd actually like to take a biopsy of that rather than go in there and cut the whole thing out. Why do right. we do that? You know, yes. yeah. Why? Yeah, yes, it's a pain in the bum, and yes, it's going to cost more money. But what's the actual benefits of doing it? You know, so I wanted to delve in that because we had a, a case at work recently that was like that. That was actually really lucky that we went and uh, went and did it. Good so, stuff, mate. Yeah. And next week, I'll I'll be talking about um, dogs getting taken by birds. Oh, because will you? we haven't touched on that enough. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for taking my content, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so listen up when we can delve further into. Bird napping. Yeah, by dogs. No, dogs. Dog napping by birds. Dog napping by birds. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And if you'd like to help to support this wonderful podcast. Or if you know of a case where a dog's taken by a red robin or a, or a willy wagtail. Willy wa- <laughs> let us know. It'd be at, interesting. At, at twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Yes. And, uh, and, and at Patreon. Yes. You can go to Patreon and search for Two Vets Talk Pets and you can you can sling us some money. Yes. So we can talk more about dogs that get taken by birds. And you go to Instagram and see if we can get more followers than Lady Fox, Fox. Foxy, Lady Fox. La- Lady Fox and Sky and Foxy. Sounds like a funeral home a little bit. It does a little bit. White Lady Fox. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. All righty. All right. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Scratch you later.
Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.